Come on, y'all do it better than the married people. This is God's Word. Not Pastor Evans' Word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the Word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you today that we're able to come into your house and worship you in spirit and in truth. I thank you for every single person in this place that you've met them here to minister to them your word. And so I step back, Father, so that they can hear the living God coming through me. And I pray in Jesus' name that as they hear, the hearts are open, the minds are receptive. And Father, their ears will hear what the Spirit of God wants to say to them individually. And I thank you because your word never returns to you void. And Jesus will always confirm his word with signs following. And therefore, Father, we can expect signs, miracles, and even wonders to happen in our lives as we hear your word and as we do your word. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today we're starting a new series entitled Mirrors. And this series is designed to minister not only to couples, but also to singles in a unique way. And so over the next five weeks, say five weeks, over the next five weeks, our church services will be divided by relationship status. Uh, what that means is our married couples will be meeting here at 9 o'clock on Sundays for the next five Sundays. And our singles will be attending this service right here. So everyone, uh, so we can all get on the same page, let me just clarify some things. If you are engaged, you are still single. Someone say Amen. If you're engaged, you're still single. And if you are living with someone and you have, you have not received a legal marriage certificate, then common law, meaning living together, does not count as marriage. Someone say amen to that too. So being single really means you're not married. So I'm hopefully talking to everyone that's single. If you accidentally came into this service because maybe you're visiting us and you didn't know that we separated our church, if you're married, then next week you can come to the 9 o'clock service. Stay in this service because I believe there's still something you can learn out of the Word because the Word is the Word. Amen? All right, so if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And then I think I'm going to go to James chapter 1, verses 22. I'm going to read bo both of those in an NIV version. That was Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. I only have two points for my singles today. And I'm hopeful that after my second uh, point that uh, most of you all will, will be comfortable being single. Amen. 
So here's my first point, and then we're going to jump right into it. And that is, let your ID come from G-O-D. Let your ID come from G-O-D. Everybody say, let your ID come from G-O-D. You know, G-O-D spells God. And so uh, the series is entitled Mirrors. Everybody say Mirrors. And mirrors are items that are designed to provide some type of reflection of an object that's in front of it. We use mirrors every day. We use them to drive. We use them to see ourselves. But in most cases, mirrors are also there to help us see how well we look or to see if we need to make some adjustments. How many use the mirror this morning? Let me see your hand if you use the mirror. Well, praise the God for you. But the average person, uh, you know, who's single, in my opinion, care more about how they look on the outside than how they look and who they are on the inside. I'm going to say that again. I believe the average person who's single cares more about how they look on the outside than who they are and who God made them to be on the inside. And the identity of a person is so important because it gives them the foundation of who they are. And just, you know, to give you single some insight, the average person who gets married typically does not know who they are and who God has made them. In other words, they don't see themselves like God does. And so they enter into a relationship blind to who they are uh, as far as God's you know, see them. And what happens is they end up marrying someone who's the same and the blind ends up leading the blind. And because anytime you enter into a relationship without a firm foundation of how God sees you, you will default by expecting the other person to tell you who you are. And that's why so many people uh, enter into unnecessary relationships because when you find someone who is saying something to appease the external you because you haven't found out who the internal you is, we tend to gravitate to people that way. And so what ends up happening is we get trapped in relationships sometimes because that person is focusing more on my external than my internal. Amen. And so that's why it's so important that you get your, your ID from G-O-D. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And uh, we're going to look in verse 6. Because I want to show you today, as a single person, there are several things that's going to come out of the message. One of the things that I'm going to show you is it is critical for you to get your spiritual ID from God. You need to know who you are internally before you have any type of relationship externally. I'm going to say that again on this side over here. You need to know who you are internally before you get involved with anybody else externally. Amen. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Watch what it says. And God said, who's talking? God is talking. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them, let them man have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Verse 27. So God created man. How? Come on, class. Come on, class. How did God create man? In his own image. In the image of God created he him. Watch this. Read this with me. Male and female created he them. So when God created man, 
And he created man in his image. He created male and female. And I want you to see that male and female was created in the image of God. This image that we're talking about is not flesh. It's all spirit. So the spirit part of man and woman is what God created. Watch what he says here. And, and in fact, I just wanted to write, want you to write this down as a take-home statement. Getting married should be a compliment to who I am, not a completion to who I am. Now, I know every one of you may not want to be married. That's fine. But how many want to be married? Let me just see those hands. Okay? That's the majority of the room. So I'm going to say this again because you didn't hear me the first time. Getting married should be a compliment to who you are, not a completion to who you are. Why? Because you were completed when God created you. He created you male and female in His image. So I don't need somebody else to, watch this, complete me because I was completed when He created me. Amen. In other words, being single is still expressing the image of God. So let's keep reading. Let me show you something in Genesis chapter 2. Let's look at verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. That word alone means isolated, okay? And, and, and if you notice, that's not good for nobody. So it's not good for just man to be, be isolated. It's not good for nobody to be isolated. He says, I will make him a help me. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. And he brought these animals to who, class? Who did he bring them to? Who did he bring them to? Now I want you to notice something here. Adam's name is called. Okay? So Adam didn't name himself. God had the name Adam. And that's why it's so important to get your name from the Father. Not just from your daddy. Amen. It says here, and Adam, uh, it says in, in verse 19, and out of the ground the Lord God formed every field. He brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Verse 20, and Adam gave names to all the cattle and of the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not a help meet for him. Verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on who, class? On Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from who? Taken from the man. And Adam said, and he, and, uh, he made a woman. And he brought her to the man. Now, I just want to point something out. When he made Adam, now he created the spirit of both of them from the beginning. That's when he said, you know, let us make man in our image, male and female, created he them. So the spirit of them had been already made. Now, just remember, everything is in that order. Spirit, soul, body, spirit, body, soul. Everything starts at spirit. So the spirit of them had been created. The Bible says he took the dirt and he formed Adam out of the dust of the ground. Now, the woman was made from the dust of Adam. But Adam's dust was still made from the ground. Notice he didn't take dirt and make the woman. He made a bone. 
He took a bone out of the man and he made the woman. And this is why most ladies, not all, but most ladies, they don't have jobs that get dirty. I mean, it's not, no, that's nothing wrong with one. I'm just saying it's because they, they didn't come out of the dirt. They, they came out of the man. They came out of the rib. They didn't come out of ribs. They came out of the rib. So if you meet a man, here we go. Tell you, look at him and say, here come that man. Go on and tell him, here come that man. If you meet a man and he had a rack of reels before he got to you, my advice is to run for restaurant. Just my advice. Just my advice. He took the bone, he made a woman, he brought her to the man. Watch what happens. Verse 23, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Who said that? Adam did. Watch what else Adam said. She shall be called what class? Woman, because she was taken out of the man. Now, I want you to notice that God named Adam... But Adam named the woman. Do you notice that? Now here's a take home point as a single person. You can write this down. God's identity always comes from how he sees us. God's identity always comes from how he sees us. He knows our potentials. He knows our abilities. He knows our giftings. He knows everything about us. In other words, he's looking from the standpoint of his image in us. But I want you to notice that Adam was the one who named the the woman. And that's really how it happens here on the earth. People name us, and they typically name us from what they saw. They name us from how they felt. They named us from the experience they had. You, You can look at the names in the Bible. A lot of people that were named in the Bible were named out of circumstances. One lady named her son Ichabod because God's presence had departed so God he views us from his image standpoint but man when they name us they named us based on how they felt what they've experienced now let's go to Genesis chapter 3 Genesis chapter 3 because I want you to notice something and that is the woman's name was woman before the fall but Adam changed her name in the fall and he changed her name from woman to Eve. Now remember, he said this, she shall be called woman because she came from what? The man. But I want you to see now, Genesis chapter 3, it says in verse 20, and Adam called his wife's name what? Did he change her name? Did he change her name? Her name was first what? Woman. What did he change it to? You know why? Now, listen, the change took place after the fall. Now, here's the thing. He renamed her, and even though what he renamed her wasn't a bad thing, he renamed her based on what had happened. Now she is, the, the, the word Eve means mother of all living, not bad. But here's the thing. Men tend to name us. And if we don't know who God is first, then their name or what they call us becomes more important than who we really are in Him. 
And so here, he changed her name. Now, if you go back and read, God still called Eve Adam's wife because he was still viewing Eve, watch this, from his image perspective. And when men name us from what they see or how they feel, when that happens, watch this now, we get our ID from the wrong person. Amen. We look, listen, if we look to society, our culture, our friends, or even those who love us to get our identity, then we will struggle to be who God has made us to be. When we get our identity from any other place than who God says we are, then we develop what I call acquired identities. In other words, if I don't know who God has made me, if I don't know who God says about me, if I don't see myself like God sees me, then eventually I will acquire what I call an acquired identity. And acquired identities are identities, watch this now, that are based on experiences. In other words, we become who we are because of an experience that we've had or that we've gone through. And to be honest with you, most of the time these experiences are negative. And, and this is mainly what happens uh, many times with people who struggle with gender identities. Most of the time, and here's the sad thing, it's mostly not their fault. When you see somebody struggling in this area, it's mostly not their fault. It's because they had a negative experience and this is what has shaped their identity. It has nothing really a lot of times to do with them. It's what they got exposed to. It's what happened to them. Somebody say amen. So what happens to them and anybody else who've been hurt or who've had uh, some type of negative experiences is that they begin to operate, watch this now, in a functional identity. See, if I don't have a God-like identity, then I'm going to operate in an alternate identity. And in that alternate identity, whatever I think I am and whoever culture says I am or whatever the experience made me to be, I am now going to function in a functional identity. What is a functional identity? This is when a person begins to function in an acquired identity that is a result of a hurt, a pain, or a negative experience that they, look, that they never probably should have had. Most people who have gone through negative experiences in life, they're experiences that they never should have had. But because we live in a fallen world, sometimes, listen, bad things happen to good people. You know, people who go through difficult times and may have gone through a negative experience, sometimes the question is, where was God? Well, where was God when Adam sinned? He was still in heaven. Because we live in a world of choices, God made us that way. And sometimes people make negative choices and sometimes we're the result of their negative choice. Someone say amen. Here is what makes an acquired identity so dangerous. It's dangerous because this identity does not come from God. 
it comes from man. And the, listen, and the word needs to be the only thing that we develop our identities from. And most of the time, if you don't have your identity straight, watch this now. And you get your identities from our culture, the world, your negative experience. That identity comes from, watch this, a deflection of what somebody thinks we should be. And if you don't have your identity straight, watch this now. Your deflection will determine your selection as a mate. I'm going to say that again. See, if you don't have your mind, if you don't know who you are in Christ Jesus, and I believe one of the reasons you're still single is for you to get this area straight. So now I know who God, I know who I am in Christ Jesus. You know, listen, your special words are not going to make anything different to me. When you know who you are, watch this. Now, someone else's deflection won't negatively impact my selection. See, most people, they select the wrong people to marry because who they see themselves as is a deflection from somebody else's viewpoint. You a hoe. Well, who told you that? I mean, I have never in my life to tell to, to look at your neighbor and say, here comes that man, here comes that man. I have never in my life seen a culture where women feel it's okay to call themselves a hoe. I'm a hoe. I'm like, really? I mean, that used to be a bad thing. Now it's like, I mean, they say it with confidence too. I'm a hoe. When was being a whole positive? Did I miss that? I, I missed it. No. We have developed our identities from what people have said to us. And the only time somebody is, watch this now, qualified to tell me who I am is when they're telling me who God says I am. And if they're not telling me who God says I am, then what they're saying, it sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. Someone say amen. And here's the thing. You have to get your primary identity from the word. Okay, go quickly to James chapter 1. Go to James chapter 1, verse 22. James chapter 1, verse 22. James 1.22. I'm reading out of the NIV now. It says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Don't just come to church to hear the word. Do it. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it. It's, it's like a man who looks at his face in the mirror. Everybody say mirror. Okay, so stop right there. Because I'm going to show you the mirror is the word. Watch verse 20. Uh, I'm going to keep reading. And after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law of liberty that gives freedom, that's the word, and continues to do what? To do this. Not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be what? Blessed in what 
he does. See, our identities come from God, but our names come from men. And most of us weren't raised in what I call functioning Christian homes. We might have been in a Christian home because they might believe in Jesus. They might have had that white family Bible sitting on the coffee table. You know, the big one with all the pictures in it. Oh, they might have had, they might have knew of Jesus. They might even have gone to church, but, but they didn't really function in the word. And so you were, listen, how you were raised was based on how they felt. It was based on some things that they got raised from. I mean, uh, some of us were raised to lie. That's why we lie. Amen. My, my mother's not here, so I can tell it on her. When I was younger, people would call the house. I would answer the phone. Hello? Yeah, is your mother home? May I answer speaking? This is Karen. Can you hold for a second? Mama Karen on the phone. Tell her I'm not here. Tell her I'm not here. Miss Karen, she told me to tell you she's not here. How <laughs> I many know I got the beats after? I got the beats. I got the beats. Let me tell you a tragedy. Here's a tragedy. Because God designed it for men to give us our names. See, what your father really should have done growing up was to tell you who you are in Christ Jesus. They should have been encouraging to let you know you're the apple of God's eye. That God has a plan for your life. It's plans for good and not evil. They should have told you you can do anything through Christ Jesus. That God has made you the head and not the tail. He's caused you to always win in Christ. They should have been encouraging you who you were. But if they didn't know, they couldn't do it. And so the tragedy is this. Whatever names they did call us, it stuck. So if they called you sorry, it stuck. If they, if they, if they called you uh, 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 a sissy, it stuck. If whatever they called you, it stuck. It was designed to stick, but it was really designed for that man to really say who you are the way God made you. So now we have to undo some of that. And many people made vows from things they heard that they didn't like. That's why you have multiple degrees because someone in your family called you dumb. They might have called you slow. Amen. Say amen. So you have to let your ID come from G-O-Do. Here's point number two as we close. You must let what you do, your service in life, you must let that reflect who you are serving. Let your service Reflect who you are serving because as a single person, your listen, your only job is to be working for the Lord. When people look at your life, who do they see you are serving? Colossians 3.23 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily unto the Lord and not unto man, knowing that of the Lord you'll receive your reward. For you serve the Lord Christ. You serve the Lord Christ. You serve the Lord Christ. So listen, being single has a purpose. 
Amen. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 3, you can read it. It says to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose. It says a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant. I'm going to add a time to be single and a time to get married. Amen. That's true. Because if it wasn't true, then you would have been born married. So there is a time. to Don't hate your singlehood. It's the season. It's the time. It's somewhere. You need to be single right now. If he wanted you married, you'd have popped out of the womb with your mate. Amen. So singleness is a season. It's not a state. It's only a state if you decide or if God's purpose for your life is to remain single. Let me just say this. Being single is not a bad thing. So just look at your neighbor and say, being single is not a bad thing. Amen. If in your mind the state of singleness is taking too long, then if you don't watch it, you will manufacture a mate. Because if you can't wait, you will make a mistake. I promise you. If you can't wait, you're going to make a mistake. There's so many manufactured marriages around here. Y'all should have been in the first service. Praise and worship was barely making it. Barely making it. It wasn't like second service. Y'all seem a little free up in here. Listen, the purpose of being single is so you can maximize the spirit part of you through serving the Lord and then minimizing, watch this, your flesh and your emotions so that you're always in a position to hear God. Listen, woe to the single person who cannot discern the voice of God before you get married. Woe to the single person who cannot discern the voice of God before they get married. And what's amazing to me, look at your neighbor and say, here come that man, here go on and tell him, here he comes. What's amazing to me is how many single people can hear the voice of God and say God told them to marry somebody. <laughs> Pastor God spoke to me. He spoke to both of us. He said, well, you know, we're, I'm supposed to marry them. But my, I'm amazed because they can hear God tell them who they're supposed to marry, but they can't hear God to tell them to stop having sex. if you can hear God like that why can't you hear God to say don't sleep with that brother why can't you hear God say start tithing I think that's more important hello that wasn't the voice of God that told you that that was your flesh it's sizzling hot like bacon in a frying pan sizzle I'm just trying to help you. Let me tell you something. Oh, this is good. This is good. Let me me tell you a secret, right? Here's the deal. If you don't learn how to say no to the wrong people while you're single, 
you won't learn how to say no to the wrong people when you get married. This is why a lot of married people cheat because they've never learned the lesson on how to say no when they were single. Oh, be a hoe while you're single. You're going to be a hoe when you get married. Oh, oh, here comes that man. Here he comes. I saw him running. Yeah, I said it. I said it. If you are hoe when you are single, you're going to be one when you get married. I'm out of time. Did you get something out of today's lesson? Here's what I feel the Lord wants to do. I know this is strange. I'm not going to ask you to come down here. This is a strange or different altar call. This is different. The Lord wants some of you all to renew your virginity today. Oh. We had one run out of the room. Come on back here. It's time to renew yourself, girl. Woo! Listen. No, I'm serious. This area is holding a lot of single people back. And see, I heard some of y'all, I heard some people thinking, because I hear thoughts sometimes when I'm up here, right? Some of y'all think, well, I ain't been around nobody. But, 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 but you helping yourself. Think about that real deep. You, you may not be having sex with people, but you enjoying yourself. I think there are some people that need to, to renew themselves today. Because see, once you commit to God, it's like he's, the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. You can start your virginity life today. So with every head bowed, I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand. Because you don't need to. I already know you're in here. <laughs> Some of y'all did it last night, so I know who I'm talking to. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Yep, yep, yep. The Lord loves you anyway. Every head bowed. There are some people that need to renew. This is what the Bible says it like this. Present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And then he says, which is a reasonable service. In other words, I should be serving the Lord even with my body. And there are some people who need to renew themselves over to the Lord. So I'm going to walk everybody through a confession. And I want everybody to say it so we won't know who it is for. So so let's, let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, today, forgive me for yielding my member
yielding my body as an instrument of unrighteousness. Forgive me. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Your word says, your mercies are new every day. And so, Lord, I'm exercising your mercy. Cleanse me now from the inside out. And only you can help me this day. So I yield myself as an instrument of righteousness unto you. Renew me. Rejuvenate me. Revive me. Keep me. Hold me until the day. It is your desire for me to get married. And I thank you that I'll be like the lady Anna who was in the New Testament who served the Lord in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you for those who, who, who in their hearts they know I'm talking to them. And I thank you for cleansing them and washing them. And I pray that a, an alert will come up in their heart. When things are going in a direction they shouldn't go, that the alarm clock of your spirit will begin to just go off on the inside and they'll know and they'll be like Joseph who ran from the situation because he wanted to please you in Jesus' name. Say amen. Amen. Can I have five more minutes because I want to share something I've never shared before. Can we do that? So, and and the Lord brought it to my attention before the service, wait, this morning, and I didn't, I was like, I don't know, I want to share that. Not that I'm ashamed of it, it ain't no big deal, but, but as I was praying, he brought it back to me. So I'm going to share it. So this is before I met Pastor Sar. So I was single. And, uh, you know, when you're single, you get all kind of opportunities coming your way, all types. But in my case, ladies, you know, and back then, you know, that was pretty much the norm, you know, ladies, right? And so, uh, I met this girl, and she was on. She worked on the same job that I worked on. Nice girl, very uh, uh, what I want to call it, um, very goal oriented, very professional. Was pretty high up in her profession, so to speak. I think she might have been a year older or two, maybe than me, kind of thing. And we we, you know, started being friends. Only hung out a couple of times, but the the second time that I hung out with her, it was at her house. And I'll never forget. Uh, you know, one thing led to another because if you're going to kiss somebody, where your hands at? You ain't doing this. I ended up in the bed with this girl. In the bed. We didn't have clothes on. I just want you to know that. Okay? But here's the mercy of God. I'm in the bed with this girl and the Spirit of God is telling me, get out. Get out, Evan, get out. And that's different when you're in a situation like that. The Holy Spirit's talking to you? Oh, he was talking to me. Listen, I stopped and said, I got to go. And she looked at me crazy. But let me tell you something. I got up out of there real fast. And some of you all, 
It ain't never too late to get out. So if you find yourself in a real unique situation, it's never too, look at your neighbor and say, it's never too late to get out. I, I don't know what God saved me from. Somebody I know, the same situation happened to them. They were in the same scenario. They got out. They left and found out later the person they were about to sleep with had AIDS. They didn't know it. So with every head bowed, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, today is a good day to